What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. Today, I got a special guest. I got a fellow Heat fan. First appearance on Up in Flames. We've talked about this months ago, but I be bullshitting. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, I just record when I can. I be bullshitting. But we got my guy, Kev, a.k.a. Kevo Bands, host of the Kevo Bands uh, basketball podcast, co-host of the Get a Bucket podcast, and... Contributor for Off the Ball Network just got tired of the damn group chat, and I feel that. Like I feel it; it gets overwhelming at times. But before we hit the intro, Kev, what's up, my guy? Man, I can't complain. Shoot, playoffs is here. It feel like March Madness just started yesterday, and the playoffs is already here. I, I don't ever remember it coming by this fast, but shoot, I'll take it. Man. I'm I'm all for hoops. Um, it keep me going, so I can't complain, man. It's a good Saturday out here. How about yourself? Oh, all good, bro. I mean, look, I'm missing to record this. I'm missing some of the Ohio State spring game, but it is what it is. It's just I get excited for stuff like that. But it is playoff basketball today. I couldn't ask for a better Saturday. So we're going to get into our Miami Heat, but we'll be back right after this. Tell you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like sin, not no crap, no dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake friends gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Faith is shaky in Verbato. I can't hold the frown too long. And we are here. So we're going to talk about the Miami Heat. Um, last night, they won the I, – I, I don't know why we call it the play-in championship game, but that's what it feels like. But it's really the fight for the final spot of the playoffs. But, you know, I think Pat Bev and them made it, you know, in Minnesota, considered like a championship game when they won last year. So I guess the Heat won their play-in championship game um, after losing to Atlanta – on what was that Tuesday on Tuesday night. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Kev, what was your thoughts going into the Atlanta game? And then after, cause I know like I felt strongly about, I thought Miami, Heat was going to beat the Hawks. I didn't think we was going to beat the brakes off of them, but I figured close game. Miami's going to win. This ain't a type of game that Jimmy Butler lose. And then after, yeah, I just figured like punt on the season at that point. I didn't know whether I wanted to beat Chicago or Toronto, whether we could beat Chicago or Toronto. So what was your thoughts on that game? Man, I'm with you. I, th- I I was expecting us to win, especially just based off of what we did last year. I obviously know that Atlanta's coaching situation is much improved, like nothing against Naaman Millen, but Quinn Snyder is just a better NBA coach in today's game. But to me, I just feel like, bro, they're a young team. They kind of in over their heads, like they playing with nothing to lose. And us, we an experienced team that's been there, done that, played in all the, the toughest atmospheres. And I just expected us to handle business, honestly. Like, it, it was really simple to me. We're going to beat them and be the seventh seed and play Boston, which I was looking forward to playing Boston and just trying to make life hard on them. But they came out with a game plan that, honestly, was smart. Like, it didn't revolve around Trey Young. Like, Trey Young was the main piece. Of course, he always is going to be being their best player. But, like, the difference between Damon Millen and Quinn Snyder was that, bro, they lived and died and breathed with everything Trey Young. But Quinn Snyder's like, nah, we're going to rotate the ball. We're going to make their defense work, and we're going to kill them on the glass. I think they out-rebounded us, like, by plus 15. I think it was more than that, to be honest. But they dominated us on that end, and 
that was the game right there for real. Like we we couldn't get no rebounds, we couldn't get no stops, and with Trey Young just being like cool, it was ugly. So I all in all, like I was mad just because again, I I, I much prefer playing the Celtics in the than the um the Bucks, but it happened. I, I'm not even too mad at it now. It's just like, damn, we put on a, a lackluster performance on prime time with the whole world watching. That was my biggest thing. But other than that, like it is what it is. It was a it was a whatever game, but we bounced back, of course. Yeah, and that what pissed me off about that game is to me, bro, Jimmy Butler has earned the right to be considered an excellent playoff performer. I mean, man's been what? Easter Conference Finals? Or no, they 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 lost in the was it Easter Conference Finals when he was with Philly? Nah, semifinals. No, semi semifinals. Yeah. That's right. Cause yep. to, okay. But mm-hmm. he, he played good in that in that playoffs with Philly. Yep. Um Obviously, but the, the, he's earned it in Miami. Like he played in the finals, he, he carried his team to the finals. I understand it was the bubble, but I'm gonna be honest. I've said I understood at first when people are like, "Oh, that we're not gonna validate the bubble." But I've had two thoughts. One, had anybody other than LeBron James won the championship, then it, it would have been validated. If that was Giannis's first chip, if that was Jokic's first yep. chip, or or a guy that they love and don't want to hate. That's really chasing greatness. It would have been validated. Had Kawhi won, they would have said Kawhi is better than LeBron. They would have started all that. Um, that's one. And two, I don't listen to nobody's opinion no more when they don't validate the playing or uh, the the bubble for the simple fact. Every hooper who played in the bubble that has been interviewed on podcasts on on mainstream media has said that was some of the best hoops I've played or played against. Like that was pure basketball. That was basketball at its finest. So therefore, if everybody who's in the bubble was talking about how hard it was mentally at the time of the world we was in, and they were saying that's the best basketball, then who the hell is like me or you or somebody else to be like, nah, bro, we're not counting that when literally everybody, I could see if it was just LeBron who was like, yeah, that was one of the toughest championships. I could see how people would be upset. Oh, of course he's going to try and uplift a championship. He won, but, Literally, Kuz, everybody who's interviewed about it, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, all of them have said, man, that was the best basketball. And it was also guys who were playing the best basketball of their life. Then he goes on, loses in the first round the next year. It was expected. It was like a revenge series for Milwaukee. Then he turned around with a one seed, go seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals, and all this is on the back of Jimmy Butler. Guys had a good performance here or there, but then boom, he plays bad, what, six for, six of 19 from the field, 21 points. And now all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, I thought this was playoff Jimmy. I thought he had an, I thought this is the guy y'all was talking about perform well in the playoffs. And I'm like, here it is. Like three years later, y'all get one game to kill a man. And then he turns it up last night. So going into last night, they pissed me off. We're beating Chicago. Chicago comes back, takes the lead. No, damn, kind of is a no-show. He, he was on the boards last night though. But yeah. offensively, like scoring-wise, Bro, he really is our third option. Has an opportunity to be our second option. And so that's what I want to talk about the game last night. What's going on with Bam? Because we've seen flashes of like, he did it last year in the playoffs against Boston. When Jimmy Butler got hurt, Bam out of bio had 30 points in that game. And we won, I think it was game five, if I'm not mistaken. We won game five because of Bam. Even though we gave up that big lead, Bam had 30 plus points. What's going on with Bam? Why can't he put it together for five, six games in a row? See, my thing with Bam is like, Unlike a lot of Heat fans, I don't have these crazy expectations for him. Like, honestly, him being as good as he is right now shocked me because I've been watching him since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I never expected him to be this player where he's arguably the most valuable defender in the NBA. 
He can guard one through five. We all know he anchors our defense. And yeah. on occasion, like he can, he can, like you said, he can get buckets on any night, but he can also play make and he also makes life easier offensively for everybody else. So for people that just think that he's this guy that's like a 20 and 10 type of player every night, is he capable? Yes. But at the same time, with our roster right now, it's not too many guys that make life easier for him. That's why I kind of like the Kyle Lowry signing a couple years ago because I thought, in theory, as a point guard, he's supposed to make Bam's life easier. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to put Bam in easier situations to succeed. But when you're looking at him, I always ask people this, like, what is Bam's go-to move? He don't have – he don't have – And to me, it's like he got that little triple threat where he'll jab right and then he'll dribble left and take that one dribble pull-up at the Mm -hmm. mid. Bro, that's one of the hardest shots in the game of basketball. That's why we look at RP Kobe and MJ as some of the greats because they mastered that mid-range jumper, right? And Bam settles for that a lot, and he missed that shot a lot last night in that game. And it's just like, bro, you can't keep relying on that shot, though. That's a hard shot. And so my biggest issue is, like, another thing, how many times do we see Bam go get to his left hand? Not a lot. like Rarely. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely. And that's, that's one of my biggest issues. It's like, bro, watching him in high school – more often times than not, he was just the most dominant player on the floor, so he would just dunk on everybody, right? Yeah, and I could see that, yeah. College, it was kind of the same thing, too, even though he played with De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. And you've seen flashes of it in his, what, five, six-year career now, right? But it's like, at the same time, I don't expect him to be able to do that because how many, t- realistically, how many dudes are anchoring a defense and asked to be a team's second scoring option? It's not too many guys out there like that. Not right? really none that are anchoring the defense. I guess... Probably the only one is Jaron Jackson Jr., essentially, like, because you you look at Draymond, he anchored the defense. But, yeah, so if you look at the guys who anchor the defense, I say Giannis and probably Jaron Jackson Jr. And Giannis are one of one, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. coming into his own. Outside of that, I I don't see nobody really being the second scoring option and anchoring the defense. Exactly. And that's my thing. It's like Pat Riley, I know that's a – whole other whole other type of conversation but pat riley and and andy ellsberg bro they have to make bam's life easier bro because he already does so much and it's like on top of anchoring the defense and helping the shooters get their shots it's like now you ask him to go out and get his own 20 like he could get an easy six to eight if he had a true younger point guard that was setting him up because i do like kyle again obviously he hasn't lived up to his contract but when you're watching him like a lot of defenses aren't playing Kyle, like, fair. Like, when he's coming off the screen, nobody's worried about him as a scoring threat. They're automatically taking the roller to guard him, and they're not worried about him. So it's like, it'd be hard for me to judge Bam because it's like, is he capable? Of course, he's shown his flashes, but it's also like, he doesn't, just like Jimmy, they don't really have the roster around them to require them to be a championship team. Like, to me, the entire Jimmy era has been based off three things. Spo just being a great coach. Uh Jimmy just being that dude that a lot of people didn't think he was prior to Miami and our defense outside of that. It's nothing like we, we never know what we're going to get. We're going into every game, like assuming that hopefully Tyler hero has a big game or hopefully Max Drews has a big game like he did last night. So to me, like, I don't know, bro, bam, we'll see. Like a lot of people have this hope and faith that he's just like this Hakeem Olajuwon type player. And I'm like, bro, he's good. But y'all keep putting these expectations on him to being an all-time great, and I think he'll never reach that. Not because he's not capable, but just because he already does so much for this team. Yeah, when I look at Bam, I think, I think it's when you see the flashes, like you see, like man, that if he plays like that consistently, and it's not like when he scores thirty, 
I'm like, oh, I need 30 consistently. But like, all right, if you give me 30 and look like that, then I need 22 consistently. Like that, no. that's, and I feel like I know that's a tough ask when you're talking about a great defensive player. Nobody asking Brooke Lopez, you know what I'm saying, to do that. Nobody's really asking. They weren't asking Jaron Jackson Jr. to do that prior to him actually doing it consistently in this second half of the season. He's looked like a completely different dude. And we're even like, oh man, is he more important to the playoff run than Ja, which in a sense he has he has a possibility to be. But either way, I think, and like you said, it's the roster construction. And the problem is, and I do want to get into this before we talk about our projection or whatever against Milwaukee. We have a good roster for Miami. Like it fits the way Miami plays basketball. But the problem has been since LeBron has left, the Heat culture, nobody values outside of Jimmy, Bam, and Hero. Nobody else on the team got value because they, Max Struess is a good shooter in Miami. But nobody's going to be like, I got to go get Max Struess because they feel like he only does that in Miami. It's kind of like with the Spurs curse. Like, if they didn't have that big three, that was pretty much all three of them Hall of Famers, essentially. I think all three of them are in the Hall of Fame. But, like, if they didn't have that, they had a lot of pieces that a lot of people didn't really respect because they're like, I don't think they'll do that outside of a Spurs uniform. And I think that's what the Heat have become. So now we looking into the offseason because it's coming in, what, in that seven to ten days? Uh, what can we do? Because we know what we need, but, like, we don't have the pieces to go get it because if a star comes out there and it could be a Bradley Bill, it could be Dame or or whoever – we can't compete with a trade package with a team such as the Knicks, freaking OKC between mm-hmm. assets and draft picks, Utah yep. between assets and draft picks. Like we can't compete trying to go get a star. So what is it that they're supposed to do in the offseason to try and improve this roster? They ain't got a lot of cap space either. They got three max contract guys on top of that. <laughs> and, and that's my thing. That's been one of my biggest issues with Pat Riley. It's like we've always been good at hitting on undrafted players, right? whatever yeah. it's a part of heat culture but it's also like bro we're in 2023 when i'm looking at all these other teams the talent gap between us and them is glaring like even i hate to even say this i'm probably gonna regret saying this but even the talent gap between us and the knicks right now i ain't gonna lie is nasty bro like it is i it's, hate to say that i hate bro. to say that bro it's it's all so right. bad bro because one I, I give them their credit and Fuck the Knicks. All right. Like, yeah. I, I'll just get that out the way before I speak anything good about them because that's how you feeling too. But yeah. they've drafted well. Then they acquire, obviously, Jalen Brunson, who, like, the Heat wanted him. I know the Heat were interested in a Jalen Brunson as well. And I think that would have been the perfect guy for us this year. And I said that, you know, I felt like there were two teams that could have used them. It was the Knicks and the Heat. Obviously, the Knicks got them. And you see what it did for them this year. But, like, They've hit on draft picks and like the Heat hit on undrafted guys. Like our draft pick didn't even play this year. Like he, he ain't, Jovic played what? Like in six games? Like he ain't play. We had, we thought Yurtsevin was going to be something. He had flashes of like he would be a good backup center. I ain't think he was going to be no star or nothing. But like we have Gabe Vincent. We got Max Struess. Then we freaking got Duncan Robinson over there sitting on the bench just collecting a check. Like and we paid him. Because it was like with the, uh, who was it? Was it Maxi Kleber or Bertans? It was like Bertans. Him and Bertans got paid that same summer for the simple fact like shooters are so valuable. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like they're both guys, if they're not hitting threes, their value is literally nothing. nothing. And so you've seen that with Miami this year. Duncan Robinson rolled the bench pretty much the whole season. He ain't played quality minutes in any mm-hmm. game that mattered. 
unless a whole bunch of guys got in foul trouble. So that's what I'm saying is like, what if Dame does ask out? What if Jalen Brown can be had? What if, you know, Bradley Bill, and I know Bradley Bill was interested in Miami, so he could just one out and say, I want to go to Miami. Like, that's yeah. it. And in the NBA, the stars have that kind of power. But, like, even still, what incentive what Washington do? Like, they'll be like, bro, we'll just keep you before we give you to Miami and take on Tyler Hero, Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, and the three first-round picks that we have over the next five years. So, like, we don't have no incentive to go get somebody. We can't even make a phone call. They're hanging up in our face. Like, <laughs> we should have dumped the Kyle Lowry contract and Duncan Robinson contract for literally nothing. We should have just got that off the book so we could at least make some free agency moves. Bro, we, we're kind of strapped in the situation that we're in unless we just finesse a trade and we really would just be basing on, like, I hope Bill just says he wants to go to Miami. Like, that's essentially where we're at. I hope Dame just says, if I get traded, I want to go to Miami because that's the only leverage we have. And that's my thing, too. It's like people don't understand or people do understand, but the NBA right now is more talented than it's ever been. And that's just sports because of evolution. It's a star. It's a star or damn near two in every city right now. Right. Mm -hmm. NBA has never been like that. And even on top of that, you can hit on second round draft picks nowadays. Like that's how good the talent level is right now. So like you've been seeing the past couple of years, teams are trading second round picks because they for second round picks because they know is value there. So me, it's just like, I always say, I think one of the biggest things that hurt us, and obviously the draft is 50-50, it's hit or miss every single time. But back when it happened, I always said, we should have drafted Tyrese Maxey. I think that was 2019. We drafted Precious instead, which wasn't a bad pick. Precious is a solid NBA player, but Tyrese Maxey was right there. He was a clear guard that we could have used because our team is old as hell right now. He went to Kentucky. Pat Riley loves all his Kentucky guys, and he misses on the most blatant one. And imagine if we had him right now instead of like a guy like Kyle Lowry. Like that changes a lot. And so like, again, it's 50, 50. I'm not going to hold him for that, but it's little misses like that. That really set us back. Cause I understand why they went to get pressure. Cause they wanted another big to play next to bam and yada, 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 whatever. But to me, it's just literally like, like even last year, we could have had Jaden Hardy. The entire league could have had Jaden Hardy. And passed on him. <laughs> yeah. And, like- passed on him. and I'm just like, dog, like to me, when it comes to these undrafted dudes, like for Caleb, for, or, I mean, Caleb's solid, but for Gabe Vincent, Max Schultz, like the average NBA fan don't even know what school these guys went to. If we just yeah. keep them in a buck, they have no idea where these guys came from. And on top of that, it's like, like you mentioned, outside of, honestly, outside of just Bam and Jimmy, everybody on this team is one dimensional. They got one good attribute and that's it. That's why I'm always under the, the, the impression like Oladipo probably has to play in the playoffs just because one, he can lock up and two, at worst, even though he hasn't been good offensively this year, at least he can get to the rim. Yeah. Like, he can. Nobody else on this team could do that outside of Jimmy. And so it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I hate watching my team. And it's like, every time we watch them, it's like Jimmy is giving everything. He's gassed as hell. And it's just like the rest of the team can't do that much because they're just not as talented as these other teams. Yeah, and it's it, the problem is, I said, going all in on, like, Tyler Hero. And it goes back to what? Two, two, three years ago, we could have had James Harden. Like, Tyler Hero's value was very high. It was very high. And Mm -hmm. Pat Riley was like, I'm not including Hero in the deal. Like, Hero and Bam are untouchable. And it was like, we could have had James Harden. And people can say what they want about James Harden. Like, you substitute James Harden on this roster right now for Tyler Hero, and you don't tell me this team is three or four games better in the win column 
and more prep to be even more dangerous than because some still consider Miami like dangerous. Like that's not a team who you want to have to play in the first round. They weren't your typical had they a one to, you know, seven or eighth seed. This is a team with experience. They made deep runs. They were just the one seed last year. Injuries caught up to them and everything like that. So but like imagine you take Tyler Hero out and you put insert Philly James Harden right now. You have your point guard who can play make. You got a guy who can take all the pressure off of Jimmy Butler offensively. You allow Jimmy Butler to be exactly what he is, a bucket on offense and a lockdown defender on defense. I don't need Jimmy to be a playmaker. I don't need him to carry this team because I got a point guard in James Harden. Like, we fumbled it then. Then every free agent from and, – and I know, like, we're happy that we didn't get Gordon Hayward, but, I mean, we couldn't even get Gordon Hayward when he was a, a sought-after free agent. Like, we couldn't even get him to come to Miami. We couldn't get Kevin Love when Kevin Love was uh, about to leave Cleveland. Like, we couldn't get him at that point in time. Then we finally get him now. We couldn't get Kevin Durant. Like, there was nobody. And I think, I know they scare people away with the Heat culture because it's different. Like, the training is different. Mm -hmm. Matt Riley will sit you down and let you know this ain't for everybody. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, concur to you. I'm not going to cater to your need as a star. Like, you're going to come. You're going to play my way, mine and Spoh's way of basketball. And that's what it is. And if you, if you do put in the work, you're going to succeed as a star and you're going to maximize your potential. But every some people are like, yeah, no, nah, I'm too big for that. Like, I, I ain't going on no diet and, and really focusing on certain things that I don't care about because I don't need to. So I ain't mad at them. But it's like, bro, we fumbled the bag. And now it's like, all right, we're talking about Tyler Hero could be in a trade package this summer. But he don't got the same value. Like, now you could almost did since Harden won it out. You could almost did like hero and two first round picks and, and called it a date because his value was high. It was coming off the bubble. You play ball. But then now it's like, bro, it's going to be hero, a couple other players in multiple picks to even make somebody scratch their head to think about a trade. So I don't know what the heat is supposed to do right now. Like, I don't like they're not far off. But yeah. you look at it and you're like, there's no moves they can really make because we understand like. I understand. I know you understand the assets that we have aren't valued around the league. And that's the problem, because like you said, the Knicks act assets, everybody going to want them young cats. They're going to be able to mm-hmm. throw any one of them out there, it, it, uh, package them up for a star. Like, and it's crazy that they could get a star with the roster they got. Utah has more assets than us, and they traded to acquire picks and young, bad talent, essentially. And they got more assets than we do. They could capitalize on Lori marketing this summer and just be like, we're going to go into the tank. Mode. OKC got all them draft picks and young cats. They could acquire some talent. Like, and you look at Miami and you're like, they're a valid score away from being competitive, but man, they don't have nothing to go get that valid score. So they're not going to be in the Jalen Brown conversation. They're not going to be in the day. Of course they're going to be interested, but so before we get into Milwaukee series, I'm asking you this, do we just need to trade Jimmy Butler and start over? I'm saying no. Just because I feel like, as you mentioned at the start of the show, what he's done in the playoffs since he's been here, you just got to ride it out, dog. Like, Because me personally, I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan. I feel like anybody that tries to compare Tyler Hero to Devin Booker is setting him up for failure. And when, when, when I watch Tyler Hero, that's another thing too. Just like Bam. Bro, the reason that Tyler be struggling in the playoffs ever since the bubble – because he wasn't known going into the bubble like that. Like, yeah, we had a good year, but he wasn't, like, at the top of a scouting report. Now he is. And it's like, he relies on so many tough shots. Like, even the biggest shot he hit last night was that, like, that turnaround over Caruso going towards the baseline fading away. That's a tough shot, bro. Like, that's not an easy shot to make consistently on every single 
or every other player or whatever. So to me, with everything that Jimmy's done so far, I'm riding it out for as long as possible, bro. Just because it's not too many dogs like that in the league. If we just keep it in a bean, you don't, you don't just get rid of a guy like that. I know Pat Riley, he might've contemplated it, but I don't think he should at all. And to me, when it comes to moves, you mentioned Brad Bill. Like I've been saying, that. I think Brad Bill's like the picture perfect fit. I just hate that he's so stubborn and wants to be in DC for some reason, but that's whatever to me. If I'm them, I'm looking at DeMar DeRozan, possibly because the Bulls seem like they're just trying to blow that up eventually. And I'm looking at Pascal Siakam because the Raptors are trying to get rid of that. And I'm not even a big Siakam fan, but I'm just at the point where I want someone that could just give buckets throughout the regular season so you could give Jimmy some rest. So come playoff time, he's fresh. And that's perfect because we watched this season, bro, the entire regular season, we struggled. And it, it required Jimmy to give max effort for us to win some games. Like, that should not be the case. At this point of his career, he's trying to pass the torch off to Tyler Hero to be great. Yeah. And it's like he don't – he kind of don't want to take – it was kind of like the Lakers, like, with, with Brown and AD. Like, AD's taking that baton now, and he's running with it, which is good for them. But it's like we don't have that guy that's ready to just take that mantle and give Jimmy that 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 breath of fresh air. So I'm looking at those two. And, again, I'm not, a, I'm not even a big Siakam fan. But just give me somebody that can get us through the regular season, and Jimmy will handle the rest, dog. I don't, I don't concern with that. So I'm riding the Jimmy Butler wave out as long as I can, to be honest. I don't want to trade Jimmy I, yeah. at all. I'm just like I'm looking at like that's our most valuable asset. I think a championship team. If we said like if Jimmy was like I'm okay with parting this organization, and and it would be a respectful part. Like it'd be like, hey Jimmy, we we want a better opportunity for you. We know you want a better opportunity for yourself. Give us, it'd be like the Kevin Durant situation, like with the Nets, like it would be a private conversation. And next thing you know, like it hit the headlines. Jimmy Butler got traded because they had a private conversation. He put, had a team in mind. They called him and they're like, this is the package that is going to do. But I'm with you. Like if we add a Siakam or add a DeMar DeRozan, like either we add a ball handler and a guy who can make plays or we add a Siakam. And I think that would be perfect too. Cause now you put Bam at the four and you let him stretch out. I think then Bam has to work on, Knocking down that mid range consistently, though, only because like you're going to be you're going to space the floor now, open it up for Siakam to drive to the lane. And I think like a Jimmy Bam is just the only thing is, is, is Siakam a free agent or I, I, think, the I, Raptors, think, I don't know if he's a free agent, but I'm pretty sure the Raptors are trying to blow it all up. Like they just well, trying to get rid of everybody Siakam without giving up Tyler Hero. Like because in that case, if we're only getting like a Siakam to add, I don't want to give up. Obviously not Jimmy, but. Tyler Hero a Bam in that instance only because, like, all right, we're getting a minor upgrade. I think it'll make the team better. But I don't want to subtract Tyler Hero for, for Pascal Siakam. But yeah. I would take Siakam on the roster if there was some, a couple picks, uh, Jovic, maybe Yurtsevin. I don't know who they would want. But if we could do something like that, I definitely would love to add Siakam. Damn. I think that'd be they'd be a lot more fun to play with on 2K, too. Like, I think. That's what I'm saying, like. Bro, I just, I, at this point, I just want anything that gets us slightly better offensively. Like you said, we're not too far. That's why it's frustrating to watch sometimes because, like, clearly we're not too far off. But it's just like, damn, we just lack that offensive pop. Like, Jimmy, he going to get the job done. It might not be aesthetically pleasing to the average viewer, but he going to get the job done. But you need some guys that could just help him, just like anybody. Like, Giannis, it's, like, basketball's a team game, dog. You need everybody to contribute to help you get wins. Giannis needs Chris Middleton and Drew to be solid and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis. Cleveland, same thing. Donovan Mitchell needs Darius Garden, Evan Mobley to be solid. Knicks need all their pieces. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. They need – you need that contribution, especially in the playoffs. Your role players 
got to take that next step. But that's my thing. It's like none of our role players right now have shown that they could do that. Yeah, all. especially like, so. consistently. Like Max Struess has the, a legacy game, the game of his life last night, just to get the eighth seed of the playoffs. Like, and so speaking of being the eighth seed, before we close out the show, we got Milwaukee. Um, it's been, I guess what, a, I, I won't say a rivalry, but it's been a competitive series. We competed, beat them in the bubble. Um, yep. They turned around, got the revenge. They swept us or beat us? They swept us because we should have won game one. Yep. They ended up sweeping us. So you could tell they made everything to Giannis. Like, he felt like they had an opportunity to win the championship in the bubble, and we took that from him. So, you know, it was his vengeance, and, and Giannis went on to win the championship. So I ain't mad about that. I kind of expected it, especially we were going into – I know we would have uh, – we were going into an injured all season that year anyway. Um, but we got Milwaukee again. And I think Milwaukee's clearly on a mission. I think they're clearly the best team in the Easter Conference. I don't know if there's a team in the conference that can beat Milwaukee. I know as good as Boston is and as the expectations that we have on Philly, I don't think nobody's really beating Milwaukee. But I think we're the one team that just plays that style of basketball that could give Milwaukee a hard time. Even if they beat us in five, a mm. sweep, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a hard fought, like, dang. Yeah. You know, some cuts and bruises throughout that series. What are you looking at when, you, when, when, when you're going to watch this series? Man, so on wax, like, all the, the deficiencies that we have are their strengths, right? Like, yeah. defensively, they're elite. <laughs> Between Giannis, Drew, Brooke Lopez, like, they, just, like, they just got bodies, right? And then, on top of that, they're a big ass team. <laughs> they love to just defend the rim. Like Jimmy, he gets all he gets most of his money from the, the free throw line, but also just at the rim, right? And so yeah. he got to really get to his mid range game if we want to have a shot. Like he has to. It's no other if ands or buts about it. And to me, it really just comes down to can we just knock down three point shots? Because as I just mentioned, we're not going to be able to get to the rim. Like Bam is not going to be able to get to the rim like that. Brooke Lopez. The last time we pet him, he was daring Bam to take that mid-range shot. People don't remember that. He was literally just, like, standing up, like, take that shot. We're going to live with that shot every time. So, to me, we need Max Struess. I don't even need Tyler Hero to be, like, an all-around bucket getter. Bro, if you can just hit threes, that's all I need from you, dog. Like, I don't need you to try and get to the rim. I don't need the floaters, like, because Drew is going to make his life hell. Like, yeah. He, yeah. He, like, I know he loves him dribble handoffs and stuff. Drew is not going for none of that, bro, like, at all. And I love Drew, so that's going to be a tough matchup, but – all in all, my biggest concern with this matchup, like out of all the times that we played them so far, is that we don't really have the bodies to throw at Giannis this time. Like the last time we had Jay Crowder, we had Derrick Jones, we had Iggy at times, and of course, obviously Jimmy and Bam. But now it's like the only dudes I feel comfortable guarding Giannis is Jimmy and Bam right now. Like outside yeah. of that, who else do we have? Like, so I, I mean, like you said, I think. It's going to be very competitive just because of that fire and the way they did us the last time we played them. Like, like even last year when um, Boston played this, uh, the Nets, people was always just talking about, oh, they got swept. But, like, bro, all four of them games was competitive as hell. They all went down to the line. Either way, yeah. Exactly. So it's like it, it, it's bad to get swept when you have Kyrie and KD, but every one of them games was competitive. So I expect it to, to kind of be like that. I don't think we get swept. I think we if we get game one, that's the key. We got to get game one, bro. Like, if we want to have any shot – of even just making it competitive or trying to win, which I know they are, game one is mandatory. It just is. And, and Stan Van Gundy made a good point on the broadcast last night. Like, the good thing is that Milwaukee's been at home resting and we're in a rhythm because we play games. So that's that's yeah. our biggest benefit going into it. 
So to me, bro, it really is really simple. We just have to hit shots, bro. Defensively, like we could do, we could do what it is. I don't know who spoke. Spoke's probably just gonna live with Bam on Giannis the entire game, which is a big risk because if he gets in foul trouble, it's ugly. But yeah, it it really just comes down to, bro. We literally just have to hit our threes. That's as simple as I can get to it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just like when you get your opportunity to have an open jump shot, and you will, you got to knock it down. And and yeah. it's like it's it's crazy how it's like that simple. But that's what it is because mm-hmm. outside of that, you're outmatched in any other conversation. So it's like when you get an opportunity to have an open jump shot, Struz, Gabe Vincent, you know, Tyler Hero, even Jimmy. Like, Jimmy, if you're open, shoot it, and, and you got to hit it. And if you got to mm-hmm. take one dribble in and get your shot off, like, you got to hit that. You got to knock down the open shots. You got to be 50, 55% when open. So I ain't saying we got to shoot 55% as a team from three, but when you get that open shot, because if you're trying to make tough shots, I mean, this is this Milwaukee team, bro, it's almost like I think they're a terrible matchup for damn near anybody in the NBA. They're so deep defensively. Like we ain't even talking about on the offensive side. They are deep. They got like eight defenders who I would trust in pretty much any matchup. Switching is nothing to them. Unless you switch with Brooke Lopez uh, uh, at the top of the key where you know his footwork ain't really that crazy, but – Outside of that, like you just put Bobby Portis in a run and gun and switch. Like, so they're them defensively is scary. And I'm like, dang, the one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the league, or at least the deepest defensive team in the league, is playing probably the worst offensive team left in the playoffs. At this, like in the playoffs at this point, I, I think we've probably earned yeah. ourselves to be labeled as that. And then I just look, but the the one thing I do like for the Heat, they win ugly. They know how to win ugly mm-hmm. games. And that's, to me, a key thing in the playoffs. Because there's every game is not going to be pretty. All these pretty teams, the, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden yep. State Warriors, and, and the Warriors, been, they've been there, done that. But all these pretty teams, the Phoenix Suns, who win pretty, like there's going to be that one ugly game where it's grit or grind. And like a Kevin Durant has an off night where we know like we can win when Jimmy Butler's off because we could grit and grind this out of win. That's how we win for 82 games a season. That's how we went to the Easter Conference Finals. That's how we went six games to the finals in the bubble. Like, we grit and grinded every win, and we had to earn it. And I think that's where we could get Milwaukee for at least a game, if not two. So I'm going to say Bucks in five. I wouldn't be surprised if they – I wouldn't be surprised if it was a tough, hard sweep or we got to six. But I'm going to say the Bucks in five. I think Miami could steal one. And I think the steal one – would be game one because Milwaukee, I think, is going to come out rusty. Now, if they mm-hmm. come out and they're firing on all cylinders in the first quarter, I'm done. Like, yeah. it is what it is, this series. Nice to be in the playoffs. Rather be in the playoffs than at home. But I think this series would be over. So, before we go, just give your prediction. I'm going to go Bucks and six. Um, I, I do think I'm, – I'm, I'm confident we win game one. And then I think we get one back at the crib. And I think after that, it's, it just is what it is, bro. Like – Hopefully, I mean, I like the reason I said I low key want us to miss the playoffs was just because I feel like that might have been the only thing that could force Pat Riley's hands to make some real roster adjustments. But I'm gonna say Bucks and six. Yeah, I'm afraid that if we lose in six, that makes Pat Riley look and be like, oh, we still can be competitive. We just had a bad hand this year, and we was the eighth seed for the simple fact, kind of marching through the regular season with injuries, and we compete with Milwaukee in six. I know Pat Riley, he's going to be looking and he's going to watch Milwaukee through the rest of the playoffs. And if they're beating everybody in six or less, he's like, that could have been us had we not got Milwaukee in the first round. I know Pat Riley. We know him 
I've been watching him since I was like six years old. I know how he thinks. It's it's everybody knows how he thinks at this point. So I could very well see us losing in six being detrimental to us um, in this offseason while we're talking about trying to make moves. I could see Pat Riley trying to give up. He's trying to get as much as he can with giving up as little as he can. And that's the frustrating part. So, Kev, I appreciate you for coming on. Um, Tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, and uh, any projects you got coming up before we go. Man, no, I appreciate you for having me, bro. It's been a privilege and an honor. I've been watching I've been watching your show for a minute now. Listen to your show for a minute now, so I appreciate it. Um, my Twitter is at KevoMufasa7, K-E-V-O-O-M-U-F-A-S-A-7. Instagram is the same thing. Um, shout to Prezi, of course. Get a bucket podcast on Off the Ball Network. You already know where to find us. Um, Kevo Bands Who's podcast. Yeah, man, that's really it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be up for the summer. It's a lot of basketball stuff going on, so I'll definitely be, you know, in and out on, on both those podcasts, man. So again, I appreciate you for having me for real. Yeah, 100 percent And this won't be the last time that y'all see Kev. Um, if if Miami decides to make some moves, we're gonna talk. We just gonna talk over the summer anyway. Uh probably yep. do a collab, get Hoopers on here, get Nick on here. And just, you know, kind of gentrify the Up in Flames podcast a little bit. It's, it's the summertime. We got to have a big summer of 2023. I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. Y'all know where to find me at Up in Flames Pod on Instagram, at Mo underscore Cheese 15 on Twitter. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.